0: Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Amen. Appreciate that. Good to see you today. Beautiful day, isn't it? Wouldn't it be a great day to go home? I'm not talking about 4354 Chantilly driving sawmills. I'm talking about heaven. Man, wouldn't that be great? We can see Jesus. We want to preach on Jesus this morning. But we appreciate all of you coming. Good to have my wife back with me again today and with us here worshiping together. And uh, a lot of things going on in our church. And we need to be praying for our church. And we're going to do that after the service today for uh, certain ones. And so I uh, appreciate it. If you'd be in a spirit of prayer, I don't think I've ever preached this message this way. I need your prayers this morning that God will strengthen us and guide us. But we want to bring a message this morning on the man of sorrows. Isaiah 53. We're going to read the entire chapter, 12 verses, and I'm going to ask that you stand with us this morning, please. Isaiah 53. The Bible says, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we shall desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he opened to not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong." Because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bare the sin of many. And made intercession for the transgressors. Father thank you for this description of your holy and righteous son. Who bore the sin of each and every one of us. But so thankful that death could not hold him. Because he arose again. And what a wonderful Savior we have. But Lord, as we look at this scripture, open our hearts, our minds, our mouth, our knowledge, that we might say the words that you would have us to say and that we might hear what you would have us to hear. And Lord, touch that one that might be lost. Lord, help them to give their heart and life to you before it's everlasting too late. And bless all of these that's been mentioned in our prayer time all of those that's in the bulletin lord we pray for their healing their strength lord give them what they need during this hour and continue to bless this church that we might lift up the name of jesus because he's worthy in jesus name we pray amen and amen thank you and be seated the man of sorrows isaiah 53 The Bible says in verse 3, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow. As I get older, I see that very verse coming into play. He is despised by a lot of people, rejected by a lot of people. They don't want anything to do with the church. They don't want anything to do with his love, his grace, his mercy. They're living their own way. They're doing their own thing, not knowing that down the road when death comes, there'll be a time that they'll want to call out to the Lord Jesus Christ, but it'll be too late. And sorrows will deeply sit in within themselves because eternity in hell with the devil is going to be exactly what the Bible says it is, hell. Hell without the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, even though they will remember the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, they will remember the time when someone spoke to them about their salvation need. But they rejected the man of sorrows who was acquainted with grief. I can't imagine the one who raised the dead, healed the sick, calmed the storms and the winds, walked on water, fed thousands, parted the Red Sea, tore down the walls of Jericho, turned time backward and defeated death, would be rejected by the multitudes. But they did. And people today have. Rejected the Savior. Are the people today any different than they were thousands of years ago when this was written? No. Still sinful, still rejecting the only one who can save their soul, still rejecting the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who exhibited that love on Calvary's cross, rejecting that love that can give them eternal life forever and forever. The prophets foretold of their Messiah coming in Isaiah's Chapter 7, verses 14 and 15. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Chapter 11, verse one and following. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, And the branch shall grow out of his roots, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of the eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of the ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove the equity of the meek in the earth, And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins. And faithfulness the girdle of his reins. What a wonderful Savior. But I can't imagine anybody turning away such a wonderful Savior. The man of sorrows. Yes, he was a man of sorrows because he was sinless. He was not only in action, but also in nature without sin. He was God's son, the creator of everything, including you and I. Created us after his own image. But yet he was without sin, and we are full of sin. But it took this sinless man to bring us from the state that we're in, that sinful state, to that state in which we will be able to sit down with him in glory one day and enjoy the outlook, everything that he has for us because he loved us and because he was the man of sorrow. You know the story, how the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, his mother, told her that she was going to be with child, and that child was going to be the Son of God, the one who would become the man of sorrows, the man who would go to the cross for us, take our sins upon himself and die for us, the man of sorrows. But yet as Jesus walked this earth, with those disciples, with all those multitudes that followed him day after day. He could not come into contact with sin without being filled with sorrow and grief because he could see what was going on in their life, how they were rejecting. Sure, he had a large crowd following him. Maybe it was because on that mount one day he fed the multitudes, 5,000 men, in which possibly there could have been ten to 15,000 with the men and the women and the children. But they chose to reject the man of sorrows and nail him to a cross because they thought him unworthy to live. People today do not feel its touch as he did because sin as Seared consciences. Sin doesn't bother people anymore. It doesn't bother people to mistreat others. It doesn't bother people to do all these things that's wrong and which the Bible tells us not to do. Have you noticed all of the commercials lately about the alcohol and the drugs? getting worse all the time, but the Bible says don't be fooled by that mess that they're advertising before all of us. It will destroy, but nobody wants to listen to the Bible. Nobody wants to listen to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. They're going to live free, so to speak. But the man of sorrow came for each and every one of us. Think of the agony and grief sin has caused in our own life and family. Yes, there's some things in our own family. That's caused a lot of grief. And I'm sure has caused a lot of tears more than likely have been on their knees, Lord, what did I do? Or what didn't I do that they might go out and do such as they've done and are doing? But think of the agony and the grief in our own families because of sin. But the man of sorrows who is, was rejected, acquainted with grief, he can do something about it. When we accept him as our Savior, he covers all of that by his blood. But if you refuse, one day you'll stand before the great white throne And you'll try to offer all kinds of excuses. Like the book of Matthew says. Lord, did I not do this? Did I not do that? But it won't do any good then because you'll be before the righteous judge who will know everything that we, you, anybody has ever said or ever done. But it'll be too late because death beat you to that place where you called out to the Lord Jesus Christ. And ask for his forgiveness and salvation. Oh, there's a lot of agony and grief, but it doesn't seem to bother a lot of people anymore. The culmination of his sorrow came in Gethsemane. Father, is there another way? The Lord. I'm willing to do what you have sent me to do. That was the prayer of Jesus. And I hope that we as Christians have that same prayer. Lord, I might not want to do what you're calling me to do, but by your grace, I know I can do it because you're going to lead me. Because you have given me your Holy Spirit. Because I know that when you call me, you're going to provide for me. And when you provide for me, I can lift up my hand and say, Hallelujah to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go. And that's what this church needs to do. Just flip our hands and say, Hallelujah. Let's go, Lord. We need to see these benches filled. We need to see people walking down these aisles and being saved. We need to see people giving their heart and life to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ because of the man of sorrows. I can't imagine going to that cross. I can't imagine all of our sins laid upon him and what he felt. Rejected by mankind. Yes, he was a man of sorrows because he was sinless, sinless but he was also a man of sorrows because he was sympathetic. We read in the scriptures about people that he touched while he was here on this earth. You remember the woman who had the issue of blood? Twelve years she went to the doctors. She tried to get some relief. But she heard that Jesus was coming through town one day. And she said, if I could just get up close to him and just get close enough to touch the hem of his garment. Now, where's the hem? About as low as you can get, isn't it? She said, if I can just get close enough to touch the hem of his garment. But was it touching the hem of his garment? I don't think it was. I think it was the faith that she had that Jesus would do something if she came to him and asked, even though it was just a touch of the hem of the garment. Yep, you know what happened. It was immediately healed. Jesus turned and said, well, who touched me? Lord, man, you have all kinds of people around here. And you ask, who touched me? What did the Lord say? I feel that righteousness going out. Isn't that what God has promised to do to each and every one of us? To fill us with his righteousness? To help us in our everyday walk? No matter what's going on in our heart and in our life and what our body is going through, isn't it great to know that God's righteousness is going to settle on us and remain with us through all eternity? Because he was a man of sorrows. You remember that distressed soldier whose child was sick? Tried to make his way to Jesus. Jesus, just say the words. Now, wait a minute. Here's a Gentile soldier. But what was he exhibiting? Faith that a lot of the Jews did not have. Master, if you'll just say the word, my child will be okay. Your faith has done it. So he went home. The child was running around perfect. And he asked, what time did he begin the meal or her, whichever one it was? He found out the time and you know what time it was? Exactly when Jesus said, your faith has done it. Wouldn't it be nice if we would believe in faith like that? There's nothing that this church could not do for the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember the woman in poverty? Good old Elijah. Elijah. God said, you go down and attach yourself to this little woman. Elijah got up and went. He went straight to that house. Lady, woman, make me a cake. What? I only have enough meal and oil for one little cake. I'm going to make that my son and I will eat it and die. Woman, make me a cake first. Where'd she get that faith from? Have no idea. Unless she was one of those remnant of the Lord Jesus Christ who believed that one day the Christ was coming and this was his prophet, because I believe the Bible says. He's a prophet. She went and made the cake. Elijah ate it. She went back to that meal barrel. And to her surprise, what was in there? Meal. She looked in the oil container. And what was in there? Oil. And I believe the Bible says for one year. Every morning... When she looked in that flower bin and that oil, it was there. See what God can do? The man of sorrows, he knows our heart. He knows our needs. He knows everything that we will come encounter with. But you also read of bereavement. You remember Jarius' daughter? the widow woman's son, and Lazarus. Yep, God raised every one of them because of faith and belief in the man of sorrows. Yes, he was tender toward others. And aren't you glad he's tender toward us? Aren't you glad he knows us and he can be tender to us because he feels our pain. He knows what's going on in our heart and life. He knows what's going on in our families. He feels our pain. He knows the hearts of men. The Christian needs to be more sympathetic to the lost, interjected, energetic to win them and not satisfied with sometime well let me get that right not satisfied with timer's disease you know what that is well I'm gonna start right at the barrel did you tithe today or are you a sometimer? Did you witness to someone this past week, or are we a sometimer? God is looking for full time Christian workers, and He's looking for them to be a full time. Christian yes he was a man of sorrows because he was sympathetic but he was also a man of sorrows because he was solitary the Bible says foxes have holes and the birds have nests but the son of man hath not where to lay his head he was solitary many times he was alone Many times people did not believe except they were getting something from the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible, I believe, tells us that the people followed him around the lake just to get something to eat or to see what he was going to do next. Yes, those people that wanted to be with him, but while he was on that cross, he was by himself. Solitary. Even God the Father had to turn his back because Jesus became sin, your sin, my sin, the sin of the whole world, every person. God had to turn his back and the Bible says for three hours there was darkness over the face of the earth because sin was being judged by the one and only man of sorrows. The Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of times the creator had no place to stay. Slept out under the stars. But he did befriend Lazarus and his sisters. And no doubt he stayed with them. But a lot of times he was out on the hillside praying by himself. A lot of times he would send the disciples away and he would go up on the hilltops and get a hold of his father and pray. He knew what was going to happen, but he still had to have that fellowship with the father. Are we that concerned today with the fellowship that we have with the father and the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus was perfect, had perfect fellowship. What about us? Do we get alone somewhere, in a back bedroom, in a garage, and just call out to the Lord Jesus Christ? Lord, I need you. I need to know your will. I need to have your strength. And most of all, I need to know how to interpret this word of God so I might be able to help somebody else that's worse off than I am. Lord, would you. Come out of that solitary state. And just speak to my heart. The Bible says that he stood before Pilate with no one. To speak in his defense. But he Never said a word or other than just a few statements. No one to speak in his defense. Old Peter, he he, 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 he he, was in the hall there, but he wouldn't say nothing. I don't know him three different times. John was in there, but John, the Bible tells us, didn't say anything either. No one to go or to stand In his defense. Will we stand today. In the defense of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how by grace we are saved. And we need to live. By what he tells us. In the scripture. Live by love. That's how he lived. Because he was love. The Bible tells us in 1 John. God is love. And that includes the Lord Jesus Christ. But he stood there with no one to speak for him. But he also stood before Herod with no one to protest the cruelty. Anybody in here got a beard? Anywhere? I would like to have somebody to pull that thing out. Be like pulling your hair out. That's what they did to Jesus. How would you like to have somebody to blindfold you and then the soldiers come up and just slap you on the face? That's what they did to our Savior. But no one protested. How would you like to be beaten on the back 39 times with that leather With the metal pieces in the end of it. Yes, he was a man of sorrows. Despised and rejected. But he was alone. On the cross. Forsaken by man. Forsaken by God for three hours. Because God could not look. Upon sin. He was a man of sorrows because he was shunned. He was despised even after feeding the thousands. He was rejected even after raising the dead and healing the sick. People hid their faces. Everyone turned their backs on him. And the Bible says we esteemed him not. Not a friend in the house. My folks, I hope that's not our testimony today. What greater sorrow can one experience? The Bible says he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. It also says he came into his own and his own received him not. He was shunned. He offered great blessings, but they chose their sins and all of their consequences. Isn't that the way the world's going today? Man, they could have the righteousness of God. But to them, a lot of them, their sins are a whole lot more pleasurable than saying yes, to the Lord Jesus Christ. But he was a man of sorrows because he was the sin offering. His deep sense of human sin culminated in his sacrifice for it. That's hard for me to grasp. But as you look back at the Bible, all the way back to Genesis and all the way through, sorrow, grief, and death have their origin in sin. The Bible says he was without sin, but made in the likeness of sin, so that we could be forgiven. Of our sins. When the spear pierced his heart, the sacrifice was completed. He tasted death for everyone so that those who would believe could experience eternal life and happiness with him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Verse 6 says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Father, thank you for your son. Thank you that you laid my sin upon him. Thank you that I don't have to pay for it. Thank you that he paid for it. Lord, thank you for your love. For God so loved. Can't get any better than that. But have we told anybody lately about the love of the Lord Jesus Christ? You want to be thrilled? You want to be blessed? out and lead somebody to the Lord Jesus Christ and see what it'll do for you. You'll be almost as happy as them. That's what God can do to that sinner who calls out to him and asks for forgiveness and for salvation. But what do you got to do? All to Jesus I surrender. That's the hardest part. But if you get like I did at that 12 rows back at Central Baptist Church on the right hand side. When I said yes and I surrendered all to Jesus. You're talking about a change. You're talking about a burden lifting off of this old boy's heart. That's what happens when Jesus comes in. And if you read the Bible, every time Jesus went word came in, something happened that was rejoicing. He can do it today. If you'll open your heart and soul to him. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for your love. For your grace and your mercy. Lord. Whatever the needs are. From these people. We pray that you'd touch that need. That your will would be done. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us please.